Welcome to the Wad Pod. Join me as I sit down with CrossFitters, fitness experts, top coaches, professional athletes, and other well-known gym goers to listen to their journey through fitness. In episode five, I head over to the Northman CrossFit to speak with the gym owner, Ellis Acaster, about why he left the army to focus on a new chapter in the CrossFit industry. I discuss his goals as both an athlete and a coach. After a near-death accident, he still had the desire to continue in the military and completed parachute training despite being told not to. A clear representation for his passion for staying active and having a positive mental attitude. Ellis, welcome to the pod. This is episode number five. Um, so if you're just discovering the podcast now, you've got four more episodes to go back and rewatch. Thanks for giving up your Saturday afternoon in the glorious sunshine. My pleasure. Um, is this the first podcast you've done or have you done any others? It's definitely 100% my first one. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> cool. So let's kick it off with, let's go back to your background into fitness. Cool. Uh, what were your first memories of fitness? Or sport as a child. Well, for me, growing up, I was uh, a footballer. So went through academy football all the way up to being 15, 16 and got, got released when I thought I was going to have my big footballing career. Uh, and then I was in a bit of a crossroads as to what to do next. I sort of grew up with the, I might be a footballer, let's see how that goes. To then the next day being like, oh, that's that's not happened. Uh, so then I had a couple of options, then thought, no, you know what, I got sold the dream of the army and playing football in the army. Uh, so at 16, packed my bags off, I went, joined the army and did that for 17 years. So within the army, it was at the time when I joined, there was a lot of runs and a lot of like basic fitness stuff within the army. And it's only more recently where they've done more strength and conditioning, sort of bits and bobs like that. So for me, it was always sport, football, and then only recently it's transitioned across to more, more strength and conditioning. Um, I played football up until 2014 because in 2011 I had a little incident and got hit by a lorry and broke my neck, which pretty much stopped me playing football at the level that I wanted to play at. Um, and then sort of went into coaching football but didn't get the same buzz from coaching football than I did competing and doing that bit. So... You went to the army because your football career didn't work out, basically. Or was yeah. there another reason for going to the army? So I'm, I needed to do something. Yeah, I couldn't have sat behind a desk doing a job like that. And it was at the time it was like, no, I'll, I'll go give it a whirl. Once I'd got there, once I'd done my initial training and stuff, it was like this is for me. Yeah, because it was just more fitness all the time, staying fit, staying healthy. With the sport side of things as well, because I was playing football at a decent level in the army. I was away quite a lot of the time, just just playing football, like for the army within yeah. the army and stuff. So that took up most of my time. Yeah. So I was like sixteen yeah. onwards. Yeah. So sixteen until the grand age of thirty-three. So it's a big stint in the army then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, had you had any other jobs at all before going? Yeah, I worked on it. So I left school in the sort of June once exams and that had finished. And I wasn't due to start basic training in the army until the January. 
So I had that few months in between where I have just sat around and did nothing or I earned a little bit of, bit of yeah. cash. So I went and worked on a local farm, just doing what a young 15, 16 year old lad would shoveling the good stuff and just making a bit of cash. That was seven days a week. So I was straight into like working full time, seven days a week, earning cash and then just playing football on the weekends at that point now, yeah. And then, so what? at what point was the army, when did you call it quits? Or so, like I'd achieved everything that I wanted to achieve within the army. So yep. all the different, so I did my commando course when I was quite young. I think I passed that at 17, 18. Um, then had a little neck injury and then after that it was a lot of people had said to me at that point like oh you sort of done that you've broke your neck you're done now you're not really going to do anything else with like, and I had a lot of people around here that were like oh you're still in the army like, I think you broke your neck are you still in the army so it was at that point where I wanted to probably for myself more than anything like prove that I've still got a little bit in me so then went and did uh, my parachute course and P company within the army as well just for me, just to be like, I'm still, I've still yeah. got a little bit of fitness. If that makes okay, sense. so rewind back to your neck injury. What? Yeah. What? So I deployed to Afghan, and a good friend of mine got killed in Afghan. So when we when we got back and all the dust had settled as to everything, all the stuff that you need to do when you get back, one of the guys that was well into cycling was decided that he wanted to do a sponsored bike ride and take a plaque with his name on cycle it up to the commando memorial lay a plaque there as a bit of a sort of who's that to him is that a big cycle like uh, so from where we started in cambridge it was 680 odd miles it was supposed to be yeah big then i got 60 <laughs> uh so how what happened because because it was military and the the accommodation that we had each night was a military camp yeah we had a specific sort of checkpoint each day that we had to get to and on the first morning, there's a few things that happened. We set off a little bit later and then it was that the day was getting on and we was going to struggle to get to our accommodation day one. Loads of traffic. So we was like cycling up. There was a hatched off lane down the middle. And it was like, right, single file was going like shooting down there, shooting down there. And this went on for about 10, 15 miles, just this long winding road in the middle of like Cambridgeshire. And the guy at the front just going, bombing it down. And then all of a sudden that hatched off bit of lane stopped. We had traffic on our side, so he slammed his brakes on. Everyone went into the back of the other one, everyone went into the back of the other one. And as I hit the bike in front, I sort of started going over my handlebars. And he had two options at that point. Go left and go into a car that was stationary at the side of me, or go right into this open bit of road on yep. my right. So the split second I was like, I'm going right. And as I put my foot like unclipped my foot from my my pedals put my foot down I looked up and there was a big white thing there and then I woke up staring at the sky yeah wow so did everyone else carry on so I was number four of six I think four of six the front three just carried on because they didn't know what had happened they just assumed that all thing was was plain sailing they carried on clearly the the two guys behind me stopped and did what they needed to do um and then eventually they realised that they'd lost a few people, turned round, came back. Yeah. Yeah, and I was still unconscious on the floor. So out of the six, was it six people? Yeah. The other five were absolutely fine? Yeah, fine, yeah. So literally, as I stepped foot into the side of the road, the lorry hit me and sort of just flipped me into my side. Or I was laying in yeah. traffic, if you will. 
So yeah, it was wow. So, what was the recovery process like from that? I mean, so thankfully, being in the army at that point, I didn't have to worry about a job. Didn't have to worry about income. That was all covered, and it was literally me at home. So I had a, a halo screwed into my head, like a big metal ring around my head, big metal bars going up to it. And I couldn't move my head, but because the lorry snapped my neck backwards. All they did at the hospital, I didn't have any surgery, they just reset my neck well, forward. So I was literally leaning forward for 10 weeks. I had that on for, you had to sleep in it. So I slept in a chair, not too dissimilar to this. So does that mean without those metal bits, your neck would have gone back? So that was just to set it in place. So right. the bone that broke in my neck, they just needed to reset forward. And the only way to do that was to put my chin over there somewhere. Yeah. I set forward. So how, I mean, how, you never really know, but was this like a close to death as, so, as close as you get or so because all the nerves and that run down the side of your neck they reckon if I'd have seen the lorry and turned as if to be like oh no this is going to hurt I would probably yeah. either one died or two not be able to do CrossFit now yeah. at the same level I want to so from that you were like okay I've got a bit more in me at the army to pursue this yeah so you said you'd parachute does that mean how quick from being in that recovery process to jumping out of yeah. a plane, was it? Uh, so the... Because that's pretty epic. The accident happened in March 2011, and it was November 2012 when I passed P Company. That's crazy. So I had, I think I had about 10 months at home, literally just doing day-to-day -day life at home, getting back into some sort of normality. Then I transitioned to going back into work and doing physio through through work. And then, like, the politics of the army was in the engineers, every so, an initial posting's five years, and then every three years you're supposed to move on. My five years had come up at the time where I had my accident. So once I'd recovered, it was like, right, you're due posting now. Sort of, we'll try helping you out with what's going on. Where do you want to go? And I had the options. I had a few different options. One was Kinloss, which is north of Scotland, which I didn't really fancy. The plan was to go and do P Company and, and go to serve with them. And everyone was like, we'll like put that plan to one side now because of what's happened. And I was like, no, let's let's go for it. Yeah. Because most people, I mean, you'd think the response from a serious accident that's that close to death, you, you might think, okay, anything extreme sports or risk of injury, I'm going to avoid. But sometimes it's best to just go, you know what? I've survived that. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's jump up. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it was just, I tried just dealing with it as it's a broken leg. Yes, it was my neck and yes, the complications that could have come with that were more severe, but it, it wasn't. I just broke my neck, got it reset, I potted if it, it was a leg and I thought, no, I'm, if anything, it's probably going to be stronger now yeah. than it was before. Just, just crack on as normal. Yeah. Would you say that was the worst experience from being in the army? Or whether uh, so at the time, yes. So I was with Kaylee at the time, but we didn't have any kids or anything at that point. It was just me and her doing our thing, and although it wasn't ideal, it was what it was. And we were both there because we weren't in a position where we had like she was still a student at uni, so she spent most of her time with me when I was recovering in that anyway, which was like amazing. Whereas now, more recently, it's been with two kids going away quite a lot, not seeing them as often as I would like to. I got sent away 10 days before, I got 10 days notice to get sent away for four months over Christmas. 
with two little kids that yeah. now know what's happening where daddy is and stuff that was probably harder which i think it was that moment there that cemented my decision that my time was done yeah yeah i said that's pro i imagine that's quite common that once you get to being a father and a family figure it gets even harder to yeah leave for long periods of time it does and i think a lot of people get to the crossroads of right am i staying in the army doing my full career getting my pension getting all the benefits of doing a full career or like now it's i'm going one way or the other i'm getting out of the army or i'm i'm in for life yeah as i call it so yeah i got to that crossroads and it was just now we need to sit down come up with a plan come, and, and what is it that we're doing so yeah and then decided to come away from the army i'd achieved everything i wanted to achieve i'd got to a position where I was sat behind a desk more often than I wanted to be. And I didn't quite have the same job satisfaction at that point. So it's like, right, let's let's find the next thing. Would you say almost the higher up you get in the army, the less physical element yeah, so involved? When you get sort of on in years, usually you get promoted, you get to the point where you're planning, you're doing all the safety aspects of training. And then all the, the younger guys, younger girls are the ones that are going out and doing that do, training. Doing the physical. So we're like, they're sat in a window going, looks like fun yeah. out there like I want to I want to be doing that which was which was hard for me I think yes I was just if you've got it. that mindset of you want to be busy physically moving and you don't like office based death yeah. jobs then definitely see the frustration what did the army teach you oh like I don't think there'd been maybe maybe one specific thing where where I've gone oh it's that that's done it for me yeah. probably that like a, a human person is a lot stronger than what they probably think they are like until you get put in a situation that you don't know how you could deal with it or you don't know how you would deal with it you've, you've got to in some yeah. cases because if you don't bad stuff happens yeah and what would you say is one of the best things you've experienced in the army so probably like the self-achievement of doing P Company after I've broken my neck been written off by a lot of people saying that I will ever like do anything after that probably that moment there and I think that's one of the probably more prestigious courses you can do other than going special forces and doing all, all that side of things it's like the next biggest one and for me to not only just pass that but pass that after I'd gone through what I'd gone through for me that yeah. was a big tick in the box to say I'm still all right at this yeah. just so I know you're on about P Company is Basically parachute. Yeah, so you do P Company, which is the the pre-course to be able to then say you are you're fit enough, mentally robust enough to then go through military parachuting and doing your parachuting course, yeah. So with P Company, do you do, I guess you do like solo parachutes and stuff? So is it military? It's all, so P Company is all physical. It's four weeks of two sessions a day with loads of tests thrown in and, and different events different challenges different workouts if you will if we're yep. going across right, terms okay. of, of doing different things but mm -hmm. it's all on your feet with weight on your back right okay going over like and every and any terrain you could think of fast so the reason that's designed the way it is you imagine parachuting into a, a hostile area you need to be able to move pretty quick once yep. you've landed so it's like reactions yeah so before you do any of the parachuting stuff you need to be able to do all all the other stuff moving at pace 
and then being effective when you need to be in terms of what yeah. you can and can't do once you've landed. Yeah. And did you do any actual parachutes? Yeah, so you on your parachuting course, you've got six, I think it's still six now, to complete to get your British wings. Um, so they're, they're at different heights. So I think the lowest you do is 600 feet, and you do night jumps and then all the other bits that, that come with that, which is pretty cool. But Was your first thing scary? Or because you're in the army, it's not? No, so I don't think scary is the right word. It was sort of apprehensive because you go through the bits of training, you get told this is what it's going to be like, but until you do that first one, it's always a, well, yeah, I've got some guy telling me what he thinks it's going to be like, but yeah. until you do it, you don't really you don't know. know. I suppose it's also your job, so it's not like going yeah. to do a skydive. No. Where it's, you're doing it for a bit of fun and it's... It's very, so a few people that I speak to, oh, I've done skydiving before, it's very different. You have your kit with you, so that can be anything up to... 60 70 kilos that's attached to you so you're coming down from the sky 70 kilos heavier than yeah. you probably want to you don't really have any control over the parachute you're landing wherever that's taking you yeah because the reason you need to come down fast is you can't just be floating down all nicely like you do once you're shoot up and skydiving because like i say for real people are yeah if people are actually yeah. observing and you're yeah. floating down taking your time exactly so actually it's probably like an extreme extreme skydive oh yeah yeah it's 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 very different it's yeah. very different okay so then coming out of that then so did you trial anything else before doing what you're doing now no so basically you would yeah go on and talk me so again that crossroads of am i staying in the army or am i getting out it was always if i'm getting out and coming to terms with the fact that i'm not going to do my full career and get a pension i need to be getting out and doing something that i want to do something that still is fun for me still fitness based because everything i've achieved in the military pretty much is based in and around fitness yeah so it was all right i need to do something that's going to keep that fire in me to not just have that desk job of yep. being a nine to five and still with that the, the thing that i thought i would lose from the army is the people and the banter and that that you get within the army it was like i still need to have something similar to that otherwise i think i'd become pretty miserable pretty yep. quickly so yeah open your box yeah <laughs> that happened so we spoke about it for so me and kaylee had spoken about it for probably two years and it was always oh if we did this this would be pretty cool and if we did that and it's oh look there's a unit there imagine we had a gym in that unit there and what that would look like and then it wasn't until let's say the last couple of years where we decided that right the military is not for me forever yeah now is the time that we need to like seriously look into our options like with the military in the background and yeah it took it took a while so we had lots of different units different locations as to where we were thinking about opening one and then finally took the plunge and here we are how similar is it now to what you originally thought it would look like what the box itself yeah or, or like the scheme logo everything like was it completely different or have you you kind of nailed it off the word go. Nah, so I think in terms of, like, I think the logo was probably the first thing that we did. And it was like, right, this is how we want it to look. 
And then from that, all the other things fell into place of, well, if we've got this logo, it might need to look a little bit like this and yeah. something. So initially when we came, the rig wasn't going to be where it is now. It was going to be like an L-shaped yeah. rig coming off the wall. And then when it came to the, the installation, which was the day before we opened, which was fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun. It was, ah, oh, it might actually look better because it's not a massive unit. It was, we need as much floor space as we can. And how can we get the most out of the space that we've got? Because what we didn't want to do was go too big too early, struggling to pay all the costs that come with with units, with business rates and all that sort of stuff. So it was like, right, start small. How can we make the most out of the space that we've got? Yeah. How's it been running a growing business? Really rewarding, really stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So I went into it just thinking, ah, CrossFit, it's just, just, just CrossFit, just turn up in the morning, coach some classes, get to know people, hopefully make them enjoy the, the hour of their day more. If they can get better and improve and get healthier and get fitter, like my job is done yeah. as a owner of a CrossFit gym. How wrong was that? Yeah. Quick, quickly realized <laughs> yeah there's a lot um, more behind the scenes yeah and it was it's hard because i was doing the fun cool stuff and i had kaylee in the background that was the one doing all the social media posts trying to answer messages about different things and all the other things that then fall into place from that yeah it was it's stressful but thoroughly enjoy it yep so yeah. you've you're approaching year yeah. one we any any plans for the year year one celebrations so we, we have we've got a few so we've got murph day coming up which is our first get together properly of the year other than the open hopefully the weather stays as it is now and it's a good day mainly f we've still got a bit of a divide between ams and pms where they've not fully sort of merged yeah. together like we've got a 7 a.m crew that's a strong solid crew. that all know each other yeah don't recognize any of the evening yeah. crew other than the name on a on a leaderboard yeah so it's it's times like this now where we're, we're keen for the community aspect and vibe of it. So we're just trying to push them together as much as we can. Yep. So we've got that coming up. Uh, we're doing the part of the solution charity row. So we've got that coming up as well, which yep. hopefully will be a good chance to get people together. And then, yeah, we've got our one year celebration, which is we're getting away from the gym. We're getting out there and just... Yeah, because the nice part room. of the solution, is that Dave Shenton, I think... So I think he may have a something to do with it. Yeah. yeah, but the, is it a row? And it's the so it's the world's longest or world world's longest twenty one fifty nine. So it's two hundred and eleven thousand five hundred and nine meters on a rowing machine. Wow. Which at the time I thought, oh, that won't be too bad. And then the pack that they gave us and sent us and with a few different things on it was if you can row a consistent two minute five hundred pace, it'll take fourteen hours. And then you thought, and then I was like, oh. This, okay. this might be a little bit harder than we first yeah. thought it might be. And that's to raise money for a defibrillator. Hopefully we'll get a, get enough funds to get a defibrillator outside so then everyone else on the business park can benefit. Can from benefit, that. yeah. Again, going back into that community side of yep. getting our name out there, that we're not just that gym in the corner that does their own thing. Yep. Trying to make it a bit more communal. If you Definitely. Um, and then your personal CrossFit career. Yeah, so... So, cause, I mean, obviously from deciding to launch a CrossFit box yourself, what's your 
background into CrossFit? When did you like first discover it? So I probably first discovered it in 2016 when I used to see people in a gym doing it in work and got chatting to think, a few of them as friends what, and thought, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what are they doing here? What is this? And as I'd maybe go in before I'd go and take football training or something and got a little bit involved, but not too much. I was always active, always fit. I could always yeah. say back squat. I could always front squat, but I could never go from, or at that time I was never, oh, I can go from a run to a back squat on, and like put all the different elements together into a workout. I knew a few, few people that, that were, were doing it and were looking good doing it. And then once I realized that I wasn't getting the buzz from the the football coach and that I wanted and needed something, it was that. I was like, right, let's give that a chance and see yeah. what we can do. So you've done a few comps. I've done a few. So again, last few years in the army have been very hectic for me. So I've never had that sort of solid training block, training foundation of a six, 12 week cycle of something. Yep. It's always just been, oh, I've got a couple of weeks here where I'm not that busy. I'll do what I can. So your overall fitness is improving, but there's no specific skill development or strength yeah. development yeah. we nailed down. And the skill side of things is the bit that I needed. Yeah. What would you say is your weakness currently? Gymnastics. A thousand percent, you know? Yeah. Because again, it's something that I've never done. I've always had to carry weight on my back, which meant I had strong legs and did what I needed to do there. Yep. In terms of plyometrics through football, through sport. I'm always all right there. Fitness-wise, yeah. Literally, I've had to do loads of running and stuff, so I was always relatively cardio fit. But yeah, when someone, when I started seeing people doing bar muscle-ups and ring muscle-ups and stuff, I was like, okay. never, I've never like done any of that sort of stuff before. Yep. It's that that I'm trying to catch up with quickly. So what would you say you're, on like a personal note for your CrossFit, what are your goals for the next couple of years? So my goal for this year was to make it to quarterfinals. Yep. And I went from... 44,000th in the world last year to 5,000 something this year. So straight away, like... Massive improvement. Just the the structure of being able to train every day has massively helped. Yep. Um, so in terms of goals for this sort of coming year, got a few competitions coming up and as much as I have personal goals, I think I like seeing other people from the gym repping the gym, going yeah. out, doing their thing and seeing them get better and wanting to compete and wanting to get better. Because it's almost a bigger reflection on you than you doing well. Yeah, and it's it's hard because like as much as you want to reward effort, you can't reward effort. Yeah. And it, and like and it's so hard, especially in the open when we had loads of people whose first open it was, it's like, yeah, it's a no rep and you don't want to do it. Yeah. They understand why you're doing it and because if it got out there in that big bad world of people seeing a video on social media and then you get the people that are out there that do it that are then sort of just putting little comments in that to them they probably don't mean a lot but to someone that's that's grafted to work hard in an event or in a qualifier or something yeah they don't need it they don't want it and it's like right if we can have good form here and make sure we keep that good form all the way throughout because it does sort of at the end of the day look good on me yeah bad on me whichever, well which way depends on they see it but yeah, so, yeah, seeing other people do do good things is really good. Yeah. So goals for the gym itself then? So in terms of, I, you said that there was still some um, membership slots available. Yeah, so we've still got some membership slots available doing really, really well. Obviously, everyone always wants more members yeah. until they reach that limit. Um, yeah, so for, for me, it's more 
getting people to understand what CrossFit is. Because I think yeah. there's a bit of a stigma that you go into Google and say, what is CrossFit? And you see people handstand walking, you see people ring muscle up in, you see people doing handstands on ring on rings, and you're like, I'm nowhere near that. And it's more just getting a diverse group of people here that may do loads of fitness, may do no fitness whatsoever. Yep. And scaling a workout to them. So we've got one member, she's our oldest member. I'm pretty sure she's, yeah, she's our oldest member that wanted to come and exercise to see her family more, because we've got their family that also her family that also so comes come to the gym. And it's she's probably my favourite member because like I have to scale every workout for her because of where she's at in yep. terms of health and fitness. But the fire breathers that can do everything, they just get on and do it anyway. Yep. But, and I have a probably very limited effect on their health, fitness, their life. Whereas the older members that we've got, I think I'm having a direct impact on what their next five, 10 years are going to look like. Yeah. Which to me is more, probably more rewarding. Which is huge. Yeah. And I suppose then you will have that 5% of athletes who want to go for the elite slots. Yeah. And that's where, it, I suppose, yeah, it, that's where it gets quite difficult when it's like trying to, well, you, you only have eight in a class here. Yeah. So you've still got the ability to coach them all. I yeah. think a lot of CrossFit gyms have large numbers of people in the class. And then it is hard to put together a workout for someone that's super scaled and someone that's RX elite. Yeah. So I think that's the beauty of CrossFit. Like if, if you're looking at selling CrossFit as to what it is and how it works, there's a workout on the whiteboard and no matter who you are, that can change ever so slightly to suit what you can, can't do, what you are good at, what you're bad at. And I think that's the beauty of it. So like we say, you could have two people on total and different ends of the spectrum, still working hard, still doing a similar sort of workout, which is what CrossFit is. Yes, you do get the ones that can do everything a lot heavier. That doesn't necessarily mean they're working a lot harder. Yep. But that's, the, for me, the beauty of it. Yep. So, have you got any in-house comps lined up? Not yet. That's something that we think will probably come in the near future. Again, we just wanted to build what we've got here. Yep. I mean, you've been, yeah, you've been open less than a year, but but it could be something... So for me, and, and a lot of the members here that enjoy the competition side of CrossFit, I think it's 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 going to evolve to the point where we want to run our own. Because like, yep. we go to these other gyms and see how they run a competition and see all their members enjoying either watching, participating in that competition. And I think as we evolve, that will definitely be something that we look to do. Yes, it'll be on a smaller scale because we're not a massive unit. If the programming's right, if the vibe's right, you can make it. I think it's good as well because people that have been coming all year, it's their test against the people that have been training with. Yeah. And you often see the people that train together, maybe you don't train at 100%, they're training at 70%, and some train harder than the others. So when it comes to a comp day, suddenly it's like, right, we're all training at 100%, we're going for it, and let's see who's the best. It, and it's quite good to have that rivalry. And whenever that is in the near future. It'd be quite cool to do a launch with one of the products for what powders. So we can maybe do like an in-house product launch, comp day, put it all together. Sounds good. So coming soon. Sounds good. Look forward to that. And 
we'll finish off with some I always finish the podcast episode with some rapid fire questions do it so we actually I think I already know the answer but actually I'm not sure so we'll start off with what's your favourite CrossFit trainer uh, so Rads I'm happy as an overall trainer if we're talking just from a lifting point of view it'd be probably my best trainer was a Nano 4 Nano 4 was probably my favourite all-round CrossFit trainer. But I think rads are coming up in the game and I've got a better all-round shoe now. I was just looking nearly, well, nearly all of us have rads on currently. Not biased. Well, <laughs> um, what's your dream car? Cars don't interest me. Could have said, you could have said tank. No, that's all for me. It's all about miles per gallon. I'm a tight Yorkshireman that Cars don't do it for me. I probably wash mine twice a year, once when it needs an MOT. Other than that, it's yeah, good answer. Interest me. Team ice bath or team sauna? Sauna. So you've not got into the ice bath trending. I think it's a fad. I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite CrossFit brand, excluding what powders, obviously. Favorite CrossFit could be anything. So from my early to probably Rogue. Rogue was always the one when I first got into CrossFit that Rogue yeah. were big on the scene and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It is cool in there. Um, which CrossFit movement would you love to come up in a final workout in a competition? Uh, probably crossovers because I know people that can't from it. the gym that struggle with them. That's my one movement where I'm like, yeah, I've got you on this one. Nice. And I probably already know the answer, but most transferable skill from the army into CrossFit probably a lot of odd object stuff so a lot of the training that we do is carrying stretchers and logs and simulating moving heavy stuff from one spot to another I thought it would be the rope climb it's got to be the rope climb uh, so, yeah, it's, it's not a bad one but mili- is that not? military rope climbing is very different is to it? crossfit rope climbing yeah so when you do it on your commando course you have to simulate more than one person on a rope at once right okay. so what you can't do then is like lift the rope up with one foot because in theory there's another two or three people on that same rope so the rope's got to be the rope's got to be straight tension so it's it's a very different movement yeah that could make for an interesting event couldn't it all four of you got to get up the rope or you all got to be hanging on the rope at once (laughs) yeah sounds good Um, and what's your go-to hype song for a max lift at the moment it would be you can be honest it can be as cringy as you want (laughs) Now, so at the moment, it's Fallout Boy seem to do it for me at the moment. Nice. Yeah, some of their recent songs. So Phoenix, I think, is the one that in the um, quarterfinals lifting workout, which was the clean and jerk, that's the one that's where on. Kayla was in the corner when it was lift time that was getting played. Full volume. You're there. Your one job is just to press play when you know play needs to get pressed. Yeah. yeah. And what's one thing people won't know about you that's kind of weird or interesting? I mean, there's probably a lot of weird things about me. So one thing that people want... I'm probably a lot, like... a lot. I don't have the hardened exterior than what you would think I do because of my background with military side of things. So you'd think... I'm a big softie. Yorkshireman, military, yeah. beard. Yeah, I'm not. I'm a big softie. And then yeah. nothing, nothing like as you list. Yeah, I'm here to make everyone happy and just... Perfect. Cause no drama. Cool. And where can everyone find you? So, socials, website. So, socials, gym. yeah, we've got everything. The website's sort of relatively new, so it's just had a little bit of a, an upgrade, which 
the missus back at home has been doing. But yeah, Instagram's probably our big one where we put most of our content and then it filters out from there. But yeah, it is cool. all Instagram. And quick one, random. Where did the Northman, where did it come from? So like the area, so Ghoul and surrounding areas got like a Viking, Viking. theme to it. So yep. the local football team of the Vikings. Yep. So it was, it wanted to be something on that theme. So on that theme, yeah. obviously with the affiliate sort of application, you've got to go through all different names and you've got to make sure that it's, it doesn't violate any other bits and bobs here and there. That's going to get so hard because the amount of CrossFit gyms opening. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Soon you're going to be like... So they're either going to have to like loosen the, the rules. Yeah. Anyway, you, you've got yours in. So yeah, I'm happy. It. So like, we got it in just before the Northman film came out. So I don't know if, say, two yeah, months yeah. later, they'd have gone, actually, that's a film and you can't have that. So oh, well. if we got lucky, we got lucky. Yeah, you're in. I hope you enjoyed that episode and a huge thank you for listening. Make sure you're following the pod on Instagram at the.wad.pod, our Twitter at the underscore wad underscore pod. The podcast is sponsored by Wad Powders. That's at Wad Powders on Instagram. Please show some support to the pod by either sharing this episode with a mate or buying some supplements from wadpowders.co.uk. See you guys next week. Mm-hmm.